0: Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Have you noticed that during life, our brain is pretty much in cohesion with our thought process? That if our thought process is doing a certain thing, then the body follows. If you live long enough, and you're being aware and present in your current day transactions in life, you'll start to see, oh my goodness, (laughs) yeah, everything is pretty much connected. It's like a domino effect. If I think this way, my body starts to give off this particular reaction, and then the behavior stems from that. And I bring that up because lately, I've been really intrigued by the realm of the body and spiritually how we're, we're connected with our body and more so the attack that the world calls anxiety I was watching this video last night on Instagram you know how I am with the Instagram just one video leads to the other and you're like how did I get here but I'm glad that I seen it it was a police officer responding to what looked like it was a typical call it was a caucasian woman and it looked like they were in the woods or something and he kind of was like hey you know slow down stop or we trying to get her attention she saw him took off running the cop then chases her and when he finally got to her it was a little bit of a scuffle nothing too serious because he still had his um i think he had his weapon still drawn and so he was trying to get her to you know get on the ground so she got on the ground but she's sitting up and he's like no lay down and when he finally got her like to her side and he still wasn't being rough at this moment it looked like she could be pregnant so I think maybe there was a, oh, okay, well, let me just be a little bit more delicate with her. But he kept saying, you know, get down. Why did you run? And she's like, my mother told me to. And so they're having this transaction enough to hear her and hear him without it sounding like it was scuffle mania. And, again, all this was taped on his front body camera. So as he's getting, getting her, his, I guess he was trying to get her to the ground because he kept saying, lay down. And she was like, no. And it was just going back and forth. His The police's partner came, and he did the the bad cop. He had his knee in her back. He was like, listen, you ain't going down. And then all of a sudden, you hear gunshots from another area. And so when the he sits, sits up, I guess you can see like a house nearby. So apparently she was trying to run to this particular house and she didn't make it. She made it like in the front lawn, but not so much. And whoever was in that house came out guns a-blazing. And so the bad cop that got his knee in her back... He's like, uh, so he's stuck between keeping his knee on her back and still trying to figure out what's going on behind him. So that leaves the original cop in a position of, I guess, scared. It's like, okay, do I help and put my knee on her back too? Or do I start shooting in this direction? So he starts shooting in the house's direction, but he's backing up, again, leaving his partner and this particular suspect on the ground. And, and then it kind of jumps to something else. I guess the video was long and they were trying to make it whatever. But you see another cop trying to help out. But the original cop does the unthinkable. And it probably happens more than we ever know. But this is the first time that I've seen it. It looked like he had an anxiety attack. The title was literally Cop Has a Mental Breakdown. I have never... N- seen this nor could I even imagine what he was feeling so resume back to the story he's backing up another third officer comes to his left and then while the original cop is holding his gun he starts going "Uh, uh," and started making these like panicky palpitation sounds that was like are you okay so now the third cop is like it's okay, buddy, we got this. It's okay, you're all right, you're all right. And starts going into this nurturing mode that like seriously, round of applause, he did an amazing job because he had to then back the cop up because they were still shooting from the house, back the cop up, and he's the third partner is trying to take the gun from the original cop he's like it's okay buddy give me your gun give me your gun it's okay buddy and he just eh. and so he it was a little bit of a struggle almost like he was frozen in a trigger mode so his finger was still on like bro I need you to let go of the gun and he just kept saying it's okay give me the gun give me the gun so he had to like a little bit of aggressively take some force and take it out his hand and then he kept saying it's okay buddy we got this I know I know it's a stressful situation my Mind you, second cop is still on the ground with the suspect. Whoever is on the house is still kind of doing it, but intermittently shooting. And this third cop has his grandiose scale of a task to go ahead and calm down the original cop. And once he was, it's okay, buddy. I know, I know, it's stressful, but we got this. You know, the sounds that the original cop were making kind of came down, came down, came down. And then you could see him wipe his like face with his hand and he was like, okay, I got it, I got it. And then he took the gun back. He was like, you sure? He was like, yeah, I got it. And so then that's pretty much when I guess they went in pursuit and I didn't see the rest of the video because there was no more video left. But that led me to see... There is a hack to anxiety. I believe wholeheartedly there is a hack. If we can override computers, then we can override our brain. Because our brain is just what it pretty much is, is you walking around with a laptop on your shoulders. Real talk. Like you all walking around with a CPU. That's what the brain pretty much is. It's the central station to all things, your body, your life, and how you see things. And so I was kind of thinking, I said, man, I wish that we can see more of that he didn't pop him a pill real quick he didn't give him nothing to drink he didn't put on he didn't do anything extravagant the third cop outside of it's okay buddy it's okay I know this is stressful you're all right buddy you're okay he didn't say we are okay we're gonna make it it's gonna be gonna be a lot he kept assuring him it's okay You are okay. And yes, I know it's stressful. It's okay. You are okay. And what you're feeling, I can understand. That's what the equivalent of is when you say, I know this is stressful, buddy. It's okay. You're making, you're coming down to the person's level and saying, I absolutely understand why you're going through this. And you know what? It's real, but it's still okay. I wish to goodness that we have more of that approach when it came to other anxiety matters. And I wish that we as society saw anxiety in a different lens. Because just to be honest with you, when when I used to think of anxiety, I'm thinking of, you know, let's just go ahead and put the taboo word out there. You're crazy. Yeah, I see things. And, you know, I tied it into hallucination. Um, I didn't understand anxiety attacks and panic attacks. None of that made sense to me. It was like, what do you, I don't understand. But if we are not educated in an area, we can run off and just kind of like, I don't know, just, you What if that man's badge was taken from that one situation? Now, you know, he probably thinks something's wrong with him for the rest of his life. We have to start doing a better job at identifying, oh, we have to get stronger in this particular area. And if this ever happens again or something to this likeness, then this is what I have to do. So I thought about, I said, let me just go ahead and look up the definition of anxiety. And so according to the Bishop New Oxford American Dictionary, because you know I use his ministries a lot. Anxiety is described as a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with with a uncertain outcome. Let me do it again. Anxiety, a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about an imminent event, meaning it's happening right now, like the way the cop was, it's like, bro, this is happening now, or something within an uncertain outcome. Now, if you're honest with yourself, you have experienced anxiety. And probably earlier than you want to really admit. You ever was really excited about that first day of school. You laid your outfit out. It was like, oh, I'm Like you just knew you're going to stun on them super hard. And you had a hard time sleeping. Hmm? you ever had it where the next day was Christmas oh isn't that the worst time to try to go to sleep it's like listen I know that we way past the Santa phase but I'm like I'm having a hard time can we just open up one present can we just open up one present that's probably what happened when we came to that first phase where you like okay you gonna open one present for Christmas Eve you just one nothing else it probably was the pressure of, listen, I can't go to sleep either. I'm excited about watching y'all open up these presents. Probably it was a mutual understanding. That was a good compromise. One present on Christmas Eve, and then you got to go back to sleep. You know we're not going back to sleep, right? <laughs> you know that we all going to have bags. As a family, as a unit, this is what's happening. Don't try to go to sleep the day before um, a big event, a wedding. <laughs> try. Let you have a part anywhere in that wedding. Try to go see. sleep. You want to try? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's the equivalent of somebody please punch me in my forehead so I can get some sleep. Like maybe that would just like rattle whatever, toasting, whatever I need to go into my bloodstream. I need to go to sleep now, okay? You going to give me some sleepy time tea? We need to do something now. You ever had it where you were ex- maybe nervous about, oh my gosh, my first day of college? Your first day at this job? you you're about to have a first date with someone don't let it be a blind date the next day you like whoo my stomach is a knot sir (laughs) you understand listen butterflies no i'm having iguanas in the stomach like i don't know what this is but it does not it feels heavier than a butterfly okay you ever had it with maybe you was getting ready to move the move was big maybe a relocation you know all these different things don't you when I named those things didn't you have your own little like yeah I remember that yeah that that day was and even though it's in the same realm of anxiety it gave you different responses you ever had a thought that kept you up all night Somebody says something somebody did something and you thought about that thing a little bit too long and next thing you know your alarm clock was going off and you were like I didn't even sleep well couldn't even get that off my mind. Do you realize how awesome and powerful the brain is you mean to tell me a thought kept you from sleeping. You mean to tell me a thought all of a sudden started making you sweat and have butterflies and a thought did that to you? And it's nobody else's thought. It's your thought, right? And so I went ahead and did this. I said, if that's the case, then we need to go ahead and give the brain something else to think about. Because clearly, the information that was served to us originally kind of gave us an option. You want to have anxiety now, you want to have it later. You want to go ahead and kind of delve in it and experience all the emotions now. Or you want to kind of get in, you know, long releases where you don't get any sleep, you're moody the next day, how you want to do it. And I want to go ahead and with those two options, I'm going to offer us a third. So you know that I'm a visualist. Like I love, love, love to just, okay, even when I'm talking, I'm like envisioning, people's houses when they're talking to me like where are you kind of thing I don't it's been a thing since I've been younger <laughs> like you know you go to somebody's house for the first time you're like I, I pictured this differently or if it's a blind date and you but you like I I don't know you just because and yep and you can say the same thing about you because I feel like our brain wants to fill in the visual so I just tap into it a little bit more than usual because I understand it and I accept it I love it I thought you would be taller For some reason, when you were screaming, Ma, give me something to drink. Like, I thought your rooms were further apart. You see what I'm saying? But so I I pulled from that. I'm like, so give your brain something else to think about. So here is what I would like us to do the next time that anything anxiety comes up. Because the Bible keeps talking about the fear nots. It's brought up fear not almost fi- over 500 times I, I looked up the last time. It brings up be anxious for nothing. You know that we read that in Philippians. We, we always read where... Um, God is constantly saying, I'm with you. So he's soothing you. It's the equivalent of the third cop saying, it's all right, buddy. It's okay. I imagine the Holy Spirit doing that to us on a constant level. We just need to go ahead and calm ourselves down so that we can hear, okay, it's okay. I'm not alone. I'm not bugging out. It's okay. And we can get to a pace of soothing. So I came up with a visual that I was like, this is what's going to, I mean, it has to work. And if you want to switch it, however you want to switch it, at least you'll get the concept. Okay, ready, set, okay, go. I want you to envision yourself in a white room. White room, and if you can't close your eyes, because I don't know if you're driving or not, don't get me in trouble, but just if you can close your eyes or if you can just, whatever's going to make you pay attention to this, I need you to really like swoop down on it, okay? White room, and I'm closing my eyes too. White basket, an assortment of colorful socks in a laundry bin. This is what I want you to imagine. That you are in a white room, all white. The purest, brightest white you've ever seen, like ever. Like, oh my goodness, this is like, this should be neon white. It's so, it's so powerful and brilliant, right? White room, white basket, an assortment of colorful socks in a laundry bin. Of course, the laundry bin is also that brilliant white. Five pair of socks which means that there are 10 socks. And it's an assortment of colors. Red, orange, green, blue, yellow. None of these socks are paired up yet. I want you to visualize that you are now reaching into the basket and you're pulling out, okay, red. You're pulling out the next one, okay, orange. You're pulling out the next one, green. Pulling out the next blue pulling out the next yellow now we need to go ahead and look back in the basket because they need a pair and I want you to go ahead and pair that red now you fold up the red boom we got a pair yay now we're going ahead we're pairing the orange we're pairing the green we're pairing the blue we are pairing the yellow now we have all our pairs now put the socks back into the white basket and let's do it backwards Let's put the yellow in there. Let's put the blue in there. Let's put the green back in the basket. Let's put the orange back in the basket. Let's put the final pair of red in the basket. Everything is in order. Life is clear. Life is paired. Whatever looks like it was missing before is not. You are okay. Everything is in order. Everything is okay. Do you see how just the sense of the brightness of the white color and then the order of I have to take the socks out, I have to pair the socks, I have to then bundle the socks up and I have to put the socks back in the laundry basket that even in this moment of telling you to think about that right now, whatever you were thinking about prior to this phone call, you're not thinking about it anymore do you see how powerful the brain is? I know you like, shucks, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's like your your brain said, shh, we got to focus on something. And it focused on the visual that I gave you. How amazing is that? You, you Do you see that? How I'm starting to see anxiety also, and this could be a secondary kind of example, but this is just how I see it. I see it as walking into a classroom of unruly students. Now, you know how children are when there's no teacher in the room. Let's just go ahead and give it a grade. Let's give it fifth grade. You're in the, no teachers in the room. So you got somebody sitting over there with a friend. You got somebody else putting on lip gloss. You got this other group of kids. They probably, you know, making a song or whatever. The other group of kids, they cool. So they putting on lip glosses and what have you. Somebody sitting by their crush, whatever. It look it's unruly. The volume is at a volume that it usually wouldn't be in if the teacher was there. And so there's a lot going on right there. And you're just like, what is going on? And so you walk into the classroom First thing I want you to do is flicker the flicker the switch, light switch. Usually when you do that, you get the attention of, oh, there's a teacher. Then I want you to give a command. Everyone get in their seat. And that's when you have the students kind of perusing, like, oh, whatever. And they go ahead and get into their seats. And then you sit at the teacher's desk, and I want you to take attendance. But in this analogy... The attendance that you're taking is, I want to I want to put some order to what's going on inside of me. So what that was prior to the teacher walking in, you probably was over there thinking about money issues. You probably, that group over there probably is a proverbial uh, example of maybe health issues. Maybe the other groups and the kids. So each kid in the classroom, each group was sitting. Signify what you were thinking about or were stressing over or were having an anxiety type of reaction prior to you walking in the classroom. You walking in the classroom and doing the flickering of the lights is your way of saying, I'm walking in here and I'm about to put some order in here because this part of my brain that's having this thought process is, is giving my body a reaction. So you went ahead and you flicker, flicker, flickered. Okay, I'm getting ready to attack this. Everyone go ahead and, and sit down. That's you just saying, I'm walking in this classroom and I'm putting order into this thought process. That's what I'm doing. And when you sit at the desk... Go ahead and call out those things that are causing you some type of grief. Finances, health, children, spouse, family, job, and you just name them, name them, name them, name them, and give them order. And then when you're done, I want you to say, I recognize that these are issues. It's okay, and it's going to be okay. God's going to give me an answer. God's going to give me a strategy. If it don't look like new job, it's going to look like payment plan. If you don't if it don't look like okay we get this brand new house or whatever it's gonna look like make sure you clean up your surroundings in your apartment because it triggers your moods. Whatever it is God, you have to trust enough that God's going to give you a strategy. And you sitting in that place of authority, you being that teacher calling those things out and saying I see that you are where you are right now but you will not be in this classroom for long. Finances will not be an issue for long. And, you know, the one thing, and I know it sounds old that old people say, but you know what? Troubles don't last always. Every trouble has an expiration date. The issues that you had 15 years ago, you don't have them now. The worries and the concerns that you had when you were in high school, you don't have that now. The concerns that you had when you were 10, you don't have those now. And so, yes, they are maybe are new issues, but you know what? There's an expiration date to that so if you start to learn how to go ahead and manage the troubles period then you know how to manage trouble for the rest of your life get into a place of authority that you start to look in the face of anything that troubles you and says you know what I I know a form of you I recognize who you are but this is the last time that you get me to a place that I don't recognize myself that you're breaching other parts of my life that you have no control I don't know how finances is able to disrupt your sleep how is that even possible that's a financial thought how is it able to then disrupt your sleep time how is it that's what somebody said and they probably in their home sleep and, and feeling all awesome how is it that their sentence can go ahead and disrupt your sleep how is that possible and it's because we need to learn a new way to a- identify and acknowledge okay I understand 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 that that happened, but we also need to understand ourselves enough to say it won't continue to happen When somebody says something and you feel some type of way right there on the spot Whether you got to say it out loud or inside of yourself You're going to say you know what that was hurtful and i'm not dealing with that What i'm going to do is go ahead and give myself a breather and maybe in a day or two I'll see how I want to go ahead and confront that But today that will not be the rain on my sunshine and you keep it moving You're gonna have to really tell yourself, you're gonna have to look at your account and say, you know what? I could think about this all day long. I can go ahead and muddle over this as long as I want, but it's not gonna change the figures before or after the decimal point. So, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna log out of this account. I'm gonna stop looking at this bank thing, and I'm gonna say, you know what? I'm gonna give myself a day or two, and I'm gonna come up with a strategy. And I'm and I am so believing in God. I'm He is a faithful God. I know He's gonna give me something, and I know that when He does give me something that he got my attention enough that I'm going to listen to the instructions and I'm going to carry it out you have to go you need more power in the front end than you do the end that is why when God was talking to Joshua he was like be brave and strong (laughs) be brave and strong be brave and strong he had to keep saying that in the beginning because your start your way that you start a thing is more powerful than how you finish it you really need to rev up yourself, okay, come on, you can do it. You can do it. Everybody's clapping for you in the beginning of, of the race. It's like, yeah, come on, you can do it, and then nobody claps again until the end. Nobody's clapping in the middle. You know that lap that you take taking, you're probably gonna hear some you gonna hear more wind than you do people. Understand just like the third cop did with the original cop. It's okay we recognize that this is a stressful situation but you know what the irony is of that particular video now that I hear myself saying it out loud you had two people in the same circumstance with two different outcomes both getting shot at Both see that the secondary cop is down and probably is closer to getting shot than anyone else because I'm sure that the people who were in the house, their goal was I want her to get back in the house. So wouldn't it make sense to shoot at the person who has her prior to the cops who don't? I mean, that just doesn't, you know, You see what I'm saying? Well, you, why would you shoot at two others who don't have her? You want to shoot at the one. So they both, this, the third cop and the original cop, they both were in the same circumstance. Both seeing it from the same lens, but was operating differently within that circumstance. One decided, oh my gosh, we getting ready to die. Oh my gosh, they're shooting at us. Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. And that elevated to a panic situation to a fulfilled override of all things anxiety where the third cop was you know what let me back up to safety because that's what he did it wasn't saying this just in you know the beeline just like okay we're gonna say this right in the middle he backed up looks like it was probably behind a tree got them both to safety still had his gun drawn (laughs) and was still shouting at the house hold your fire and 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 at the suspect stay down and at the same time was still able to say it's okay buddy I know that this is a stressful situation give me your gun how that man was able to go ahead and maintain that level of namaste (laughs) how you were able to do that sir Cops sir, don't know how you did it, but you know what? We can go ahead and probably name it. Oh, he probably had more years experience, you know, on the job. Um, he probably He'd been to more, you know, shooting situations where he's heard that sound and that sound didn't, whatever. You know, I even came up with my own things. So I was like, well, maybe the original officer was like maybe a p PTSD survivor of some type of war or it brought up something. I could bring up all kinds of examples and it's probably so can you. But you know what it boiled down to? He, the third cop, knew how to manage a high stress situation. He knew, let me get back. Let me make sure he's good first. Let me let me take away something that's going to harm him, which is the original cop's gun, and let me try to manage as much as I can, how I can in this situation. Two cops, two very different approaches, two very different outcomes. That's what I'm asking for us to do going forward. That when we feel the revving up of us responding like the original cop, that we find in ourselves the tools that we need to respond like the third cop. That we understand this situation, yes, is very real. I'm not going to paint a picture of fairy tale where I try to make myself believe, it's okay, nothing is happening, we're fine. And no, you very much have a financial issue, it's okay. You very much got that report from the doctor, it's okay. You very much have, and we're going to very much say, you know what, I took the attendance, it's true, it's present, it's here. But when you stand in a place of authority, you can control how much of it controls you. Get to a place that you understand I am not my circumstances and my circumstances will not be me. Get to a place where you understand, God, I trust your strategy. You have a God's eye view that is much better than any bird's eye view that anyone else can tell me. And I want you to give me real time information, instructions that need to be done when these circumstances are coming up so that I don't fumble the ball. So that I don't fumble and cause everyone to be in some type of dismay. So that I don't have my body doing this reactive thing when it doesn't have to. Life is already stressful. Let's not let our thoughts and circumstances make it more stressful. There is a way to override that. If the brilliant white room the example that I gave, if that helps, cool, think about that. If it doesn't, think about it until you can think of your own. But the goal is give your brain something else to pay attention to. Give your brain something else to kind of fix in the moment. I would much rather fold red orange and all those colored socks then to keep thinking about the doctor said the doctor said my boss said my boss said this thing is zoo this thing is due. and even me describing that to you now i'm getting high palpitations about things that haven't even i'm not dealing with n- none of the stuff i just named but the brain is that powerful that we will go ahead and connect an emotion to a thought you got to be careful with that that's why the bible saying be anxious for nothing that's why Ecclesiastes keeps saying, listen, everything is like chasing the wind, bro. I mean, it is what it is. Don't you allow anything else to keep you up at night. Don't you allow anything else to steal your sleep, your smile, your posture, your stance in life. Don't you allow anything else to steal that. Because someone else could very well be in your same predicament and have a way different outlook on it. And it's not that they got good news that they can rate it, be an inheritance of, you know, beneficiary of any type of inheritance. They probably didn't get any additional information that just changed it around. It's just, you know what? You can change you around. You can change your thought around. You are the only person that should know you well enough to say, okay, if I think about this a little bit too too long, I'm going to start getting anxious about it. I am. You look up the tax information when it's tax season and you're like, okay, but they said it should be here now. And you can even get a little anxiety behind that. It's anything that's done in an excessive way that produces some type of, um, it's like an accelerated alarm in you. We need to stray away from that. And if you know, we can say that it's chemical imbal- imbalances, I believe that I believe more that it's a spiritual game. I believe that also, I have my own little thoughts and processes when it comes to the anxiety and all those kind of mental realms, I believe that that there are some truths in the scientific whatever they found out. But I believe that every every scientific truth has a spiritual fact. So that's just my belief. And that's just how I'm always going to see it. But I'm not you know, I'm, I'm not too far into all the spiritual aspects and Bible thumping that I don't understand. Okay, yeah, it may be hereditary. Your mom had it. Your grandma had it. I get it. But I'm also a fond believer that God didn't give us this portable CPU on our shoulders for us to just be ruled by it and we can't put anything into it. That's called input. Yeah, at this point, we need to start living on more input than we are output. The computer don't just burst out anything and we, oh, okay, today we're sad. Wait, just a in. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, guys, today we're going to cry. Wait, in the morning. Like, we're not doing that. We don't take our, uh, <laughs> who, who's in control? Take back your authority. You see what I'm saying with that? And you know what these conversations are. They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that no one else is going to speak to you about. I'm, I'm always going to give it to you to be the real because I'm your homegirl, and that's what homegirls do, and we're going to go ahead and ride through this thing and make sure that we're all getting better. But when I see something, and you know how I am, I'm like, oop, let me go ahead and call you because if it was a nugget for me, I'm sure it could be a nugget for someone else. And I feel like you got what you needed. So, as my good, good nanny says, all right. I ain't going to hold you. Woof, Shake it off. Taylor Swift flow. I'm going to call you later. Later.